Within these amber grains we've rotted, mangled and safe. They treated us like monsters those centuries ago, infected, mistakes to be hidden away and forgotten. I suppose we should thank them for it, though. Would we still be here to toil these fields, if not for getting tossed away and contained like refuse? Would these fields bloom if soaked in as much blood as theirs? Our flesh may be rancid, our fingers few, but we're still around good riddance too. There must be justice in these lands, somehow. Through the fields of wheat runs a mangled mother, bandaged and crooked, sobbing in fear, two wicker guards in tow. Stop there, by order of the pontiff! Slobbers one of the pursuers. The panting matron will not relent. Oh gods, oh gods. She pants and sobs with muscle memory taking control of what broken will cannot. Stop her! The shriveled crony retorts. She hardly hears the screams past her blotted memories. The desperation-driven attack upon the pontiff's collectors. Her porcelain pup had been born but days ago. Radiant blue eyes shone through perfect skin. Despite his mother's cleft face, no sign of corruption dotted his eager frame. This untouched miracle meant one dreadful thing. He belongs to the harvest. This lowly leper doesn't have the maternal rights to keep one destined for the towering form of wicker and wheat. She tried to fight them for him, but skin as smooth as this is rare in these parts, and she knows the law. Lost in tears, her four-toed foot gets rooted and she thuds against the wheat with a defeated blow. whispers a soothing voice. Stay down. No sooner does she cry out, Who are you? As a green poxed hand clamps her mouth in hushed restraint. We're losing her, blasted wheat! Come on, it'll be our hides! The misshapen mutts bumble by. She's lost them. She's amongst the grain now, and what grows here yearns only to aid. Hush now, child. The green lips drip. You're safe now. Come and ease your pains. Glancing now to her savior, she can barely see where the swaying wheat ends and this straw-wrapped figure begins. He'd be a ghost if not for the peak from his green and rotten face, draped in beautiful palmarosa. Embraced now in blissful sense, her sob turns to slow tear as she breathes. Oh God, oh God, they took it. The harvest took my beautiful baby. What can I do? The green lips blow a misted powder directly at her face, cutting her short. Please now, you are safe now. A calming fog rolls over her. Come and wake with me, dear sister. Come and leave your pains with me, dear sister. In a haze, she's carried off through parting stock and shallow waters. For but a moment, in the showered gatehouse of the waterfall, she sees clear and stands surrounded now in echoing halls, flanked by more of the green ones, some in silent prayer, others with their watering cans, hymn deeper into the caves. No gate is the same, 
and some are more mangled than others. But even so, all is calm. There is friendly gaze and humble smile from all of them. And through warm embrace, her fear leaves her. Stripped of straw, her companion is now a mirrored guide. He has the gauze and gait, a disfigured familiarity. Though her kind has eyes of numbed pains and a body of pinkish pox, his eyes are of relief, and his pox are a shriveled swirl of greens and blacks. The water having washed the powder from her face, her sense is now spoiled with the heavy scent of perfumed rot. Please, sister, you're safe now. This is a chance to finally awaken, if you but take it. A calm knowing drapes around him. She stands near paralyzed. But I, I'm scared. I just, I don't understand. My baby... With tones of repeated reassurance, the green ones chant. Look into his eyes. Her guide reveals a stone mortar full of dark fungal stalks. The leper unveils a pestle and rhythmically grinds the ambering catalyst. Let in your heart, we'll take the pain away. Now, crushed to crimson, the grinding ceases. Open up your mind. Her brother presents the powder to her. As if instinctually called forth, she huffs the powder without hesitation and is taken through the pathway to relief. Welcome, echoes around her as a new fear fills her. Confusion turns to numbing panic. What? What is happening to me? She can barely mumble. Barely, too, can she stand as her limbs drag her to the floor. The moment her neck fails her and her now weighted head collapses, she is caught. The three men, singing hymns, carry her deeper into the cave. Has it been hours or days she can no longer comprehend the time that's lost, nor does she have the strength to lift herself and flee. When the green ones come to her, she can catch glimpses of the room around her. As they wet her brow and bring her fresh water, she sees that they have placed her in a ring of softened pillows and straw. Though trapped in her immovable frame, she sees that she is not alone. There are others like her, stuck to this ring, though not all so peacefully. The screams and spasms should scare her, if not for its eyes. She cannot remember a time anymore where she wasn't staring directly up at the center of the pillows, at the Lazarus. She hardly notices those constantly returning with watering cans as her eyes are pulled to its mask. Of silver? Of wood? A blossomed statue whose guidance descends its vines. A blooming comfort whose glare relieves. A ring of rot-stricken grain and leaves halo its beautifully neutral visage as blooming green cascades from its mouth. This magnificent being's body is wrapped tenderly from neck down as it rests in its consecrated pot. But as she looks down to inspect, she's pulled to its eyes again. From fear draining paralysis, she joins her fellow journeyman in spasm now, though it is not long before spasm turns to full seizure. There's nothing she can do. 
the green ones no longer come to comfort, only to remove those that pass. Not everyone's frail bodies can handle such a violent transcension, nor can their minds. Those driven mad by this point are likewise carried out in softened remembrance. All the while the cans continue, the Lazarus exists in a state of rot and is in constant need of watering. A month? Two even? She can't remember the last time her body was at rest until today. What is that feeling? She feels the steady streams of tears from her eyes and wipes them away. This smell, this pain, this unimaginable pain, it's coming from her hands. Oh God, she has not felt such physical pain. She has felt nothing but numb for her whole life, yet now her hands are shriveling. Blacks and greens spot her flesh as her system is shocked awake. Welcome, sister. Her guide drapes her in Palmarosa relief akin to what he wears. My brother, what has happened to me? I, I feel... Through a smile so genuine, it brings them both to tears. He pulls her up in an embrace. The Lazarus has you now. From its rot you have partook, and from its blossom you have been reborn. You must only have the strength to make it through. Come, you are one with us now. The weeks of gangrenous spread have woken her nerves, and the hours of revelation and care have woken her mind. Having undergone terrible pains and rot strong enough to jumpstart her nervous system, the last stage of Lazarus's blessing kicks in the stage of soothing relief. Those that survive intact this long are graced with the healing touch, scarred green from her journey, the gangrene having accomplished its purpose, now lies dormant, as does the leprosy from her birth. Though she carries the marks still, she can go forth, knowing the only thing that can spread within her is love for the Lazarus, and its gift from her to others. Within these amber grains we've rotted, mangled, and abused. The pontiff in his stone tower treats us like grains, a resource to sift through and use as he sees fit. Nobody's to be beaten away and condemned. I suppose we should thank him for it, though. Would I have taken the steps towards this blessed journey, left toiling these fields, if not for getting tossed away and contained like refuse? Would my body bloom? if stuck in a frame as numbed as theirs. My flesh may be rancid, my fingers few, but with Lazarus's gift I'll spread it to you. There is relief in these lands, somehow. Through the fields of wheat runs a lumbering lad, bandaged and crooked, sobbing in fear. Two wickered guards in tow. Halt, boy! By order of the pontiff! Slobbers his pursuers. The fleeing one will not relent. Not me. Oh, gods, not me. He pants and sobs with muscle memory, taking control of what broken will cannot. Lost in his tears, his three-toed foot gets rooted and defeated. He thuds amongst the wheat. Whispers her soothing voice. No sooner does he cry. As a green, poxed hand claps his mouth in hushed restraint, her cleft smile alight with purpose. 